0: Welcome to the 104 Sports Report, hosted by Alex Brooks and Brian Burroughs, the main source for Oswego Sports, a member of the Oswegonian Multimedia Network. Let's get into it. Welcome into another episode of the 104 Sports Report. It's officially welcome to spring. It is not only springtime here in the earth and. <laughs> We're ready for spring sports. We're a little deep into the season as we missed some time while we were on our spring breaks, but as you know, I'm Brian Burrows, joined as always by the wonderful Alex Smith, or wow, Brooks. Wow. Wow. Sorry. I like just woke up from a nap not too long ago, Um, but no, Alex Smith is my former housemate, but Alex Brooks, wow, I can't (laughs) believe I did that after how many episodes now? Jeez. Alex, how are
1: you? I'm doing good. I was doing good until you called me Alex Smith. No... (sighs) No shot to Alex Smith. I mean, if he's listening right now, well, Gee, you're the next co-host of the 104 Sports Report. Congratulations. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm doing great. Um, yeah, you know, spring break was fun. Went to Arizona. Caught a World Baseball Classic game. That was really fun. Um, watched them beat Canada. That was pretty, pretty good. Um, and, yeah, as you mentioned, we were... We missed some time for spring sports, but we also were on spring break when the men's basketball team finished up their season, unfortunately, um, at the Elite Eight when, well, Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, and we'll go into that right now as... I told you Brian, it was gonna be a shock. They had to do they had to pull out all the stops, and they did. They beat Randolph Macon College 74 to 63. And they broke the streak, I believe, of like six, 60 plus games, sixty plus home wins yeah. for Randolph Macon. And man, Brian, I'll I'll give it to you to talk about. Just a great overall game for Oswego. It seemed like Randolph-Macon had uh, some momentum coming, like a lot of momentum coming in. But, you know, Oswego, they just made history.
0: Yeah, the they had to head down on Randolph-Macon's home court. You mentioned that home win streak. I'm pretty sure it was 66 games straight of winning at home. Wow. Yeah, the team is at a massive disadvantage there. It didn't matter. Yeah. 74-63. They beat... Randall Bacon on their home court, led by Jeremiah Sparks. is 24 points, 5 rebounds. He was 7 or 12 from the field. And the key here, 9 of 10 from the free throw line. He made the shots count when it mattered. Yep. Not only him, though. Aki Anderson continued to stay hot through his playoff run. 22 points from him on 10 of 14 shooting. Just an overall good game. 5 assists from him as well. Devin Green, 13 points with 7 rebounds. The off shooting from the field was kind of there, three of eight, one of three from the from deep, but six of six from the free throw line. The Lakers, as a whole, were 17 of 21 from the charity stripe. Mm -hmm. Cannot be understated how important that is in the playoffs.
1: Right. I mean, yeah, and uh, yeah, Brian, they really did well. 81 percent, 17 for 21, as you mentioned. And they also did really good from the field overall. 55.3%. I mean, that's that's pretty good, especially in a tough environment. And you know, Devin Green, Aki Anderson, Sparks, as you mentioned. I mean, come on, Aki Anderson coming up, I believe he's a sophomore, right? Yes. And you know, having two more years with this guy, he will probably fall in he will probably slide into the spot one or when Devin Green graduates in the spring of this year, so next season he'll probably slide in right there in uh, Devin Green's spot. So that's that's pretty good to see um, coming into these playoffs for Lyon being like, hey, we can rely on Anderson for next year. But something to look out for Randolph-Macon, what, what really killed them was the three-point. Yeah. 20.7%, six from 29 from uh from the three point line? I mean, come on now. And then 38.6%. I mean, they were having a bad shooting night and yeah. they only shot four free throws. Four yeah. free throws the whole game. I mean, it was a great great offensive game, but a tremendous defense game. The defensive game from Oswego. we
0: Yeah, the Lakers played an excellent all-around game in this way and they had to to take on the reigning national champions. But the thing that, like, surprised me the most, looking at the play analysis here in the box score, points off turnovers, Randolph-Macon, 20-10. to They killed Oswego. Yep. Second chance points, 15-2. to Those were the two big things that the Lakers had been riding through the Suniak championships and yep. then into the national tournament was that they were killing teams on the offensive boards and getting the second chance points to matter, yep. and they weren't committing turnovers, and they were getting, like, Making it matter, making other teams turnovers uh, count. Right. In this game, they, not that they didn't do it. At least in the points off turnovers, ten points off turnovers was a good stat. But they were blown out by ten points. There. That's you got to think if that's all twos. That's ten points. That's yeah. five extra baskets they made off of turn off of Mexico turnovers and the second chance points. Fifteen to two. You that's had insane. one basket off of, off of an offensive rebound. That's are Where up Macon had fifteen of them. That's crazy to think about. That the one thing the Lakers have been doing so well, they didn't do well, and they still won by what eleven points?
1: Yeah, and, that, and and as you mentioned, I mean, if Oswego was able to get more second chance points, and they only had it in that first half, yeah. two points. So in the second half, they had nothing, no second chance points. If they were able to get more second chances, this could have been something more of a almost a blowout, yeah, like a like a twenty point game rather than being only like an eleven point game. So I mean and then you also saw points off turnovers twenty to ten, as you mentioned, like that was crazy. And then there was only five bench points uh between like, both teams. Yeah, again. For, for both teams. Five. Yeah. I mean what?
0: Once again the Lakers just relying on the um just the starters more than yeah. the bench. I mean you see in this one Sean looking at this one, Sean Anderson had at least 10 minutes off the bench. He put up that one three that he made. Yep. Um, Caleb That's Cook, six minutes. Yeah. Caleb Cook, six minutes. He took two shots, but didn't make either of them. Really, the starters carried this team throughout the playoffs. Um, but that led them to an Elite Eight matchup, their first ever Elite Eight in program history Amazing. Um, with the Wisconsin, with Wisconsin Whitewater Hawks. That yeah. Hawks? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, (laughs) their logo looks a little bit like an eagle. Um, and unfortunately they could not bring home the victory. They lost 77-74, ending the historic run by this team. And, Alice, I'll let you take this one away.
1: Yeah, um, when I was looking on here, when I was looking at the box score, I think they, uh, had something, uh, wrong here on the box score because it says 77 and then it has the Lakers logo next next to it. I didn't know that they won and they went to the Final Four. No, I wish. <laughs> that would have been nice. Um, so maybe maybe Athletics just wanted to uh, have... Um, wishful us, thinking. Wishful thinking. Huh? Yeah. So doing there. But Anyway. Um, yeah. 77-74, uh, Whitewater. I mean, they they were able to do really good in that first half, getting a 34-30 to 30 lead going into the second half. And, I mean... As we were mentioned before we got on, um, the field goal percentage, the points from the field, 36.4% for Oswego total. And then you look at, for Wisconsin-Whitewater, 50%. Yeah. That's, you know, if they're able to get more shots and be more um, competitive from the field, I mean, that's just going to be it. And then you also look at three points, 46.2% for um, for Wisconsin-Whitewater. And Oswego with 36.8%. And then something to note is that from three-point, they were two for eight Oswego, 25%. Wisconsin Whitewater, five for seven. 71.43. I mean, they, they pretty much did amazing in the second half. They yeah. did better through all the categories. Field goal percentage, three-point percentage, and from the charity strike. They did well. And then for Oswego... It was the complete opposite. They went from 41% to 31%, 45 to 25, and then 100 to 84. If you're doing worse in the second half, it's not going to be good. No, and the fact that they only lost by three was really shocking, um, just based on how they were able to let go of all that momentum. But a good, a great game by Jeremiah Sparks. Enough to talk about the negatives. Talk about a little bit of the positives. Jeremiah Sparks. 35 points, putting the team on his back. Just going out there, 40 minutes, 35 points. Playing the whole game. Play the whole game, why don't you? 35 points and 12 rebounds. Had a double-double in in the last game. I mean, you can't ask for any, any more from one of your leaders on this team. You had Devin Green at 17, uh, 17 and uh, two assists but for Wisconsin Whitewater, it was just the Miles Barnstable show and Josh uh, Thigpen, I, I believe that's how you pronounce him, with 12. No, that's so. actually...
0: There's more mistakes in this box, so I'm looking yeah. at it now. Josh Thigpen is an Oswego player. Yeah. Um, not sure exactly who that is. Um, yeah, I,
1: I, I thought I recognized the name. Um, and then they said Jeremiah Sparks is twenty one. Yeah.
0: So some mistakes in this box score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, okay. It's all good. But yeah, you talk about Jeremiah Sparks. Ridiculous game. That that is ridiculously good yep. versus a team that went to the final four. Thirty five points is a mark that like is gonna stand could be I don't am not exactly sure what playoff records are for this team, but that could be at least top three. Right. It should be. I yeah. mean uh, but I think the same. Let me go, going back to unfortunately the negatives. It's hard not to talk negatives when a team loses. Yep. Aki Anderson, one of eleven from the field in the game, two points. Eight. The hot streak finally ended from him, and it ended in a very tough way. He came crashing yep. back to earth, mm-hmm. and I really think that was the difference in the game. No, I'm not blaming him for anything. Yep. I just think um, where if you look at looking at everything like so he said Sparks 35, Green 17. And then the next highest scorer was Achille with nine. Caleb Cook had eight. And then it was three from Robeck, two from Anderson.
1: Bowman didn't even get anything.
0: Bowman had no points. He was 0-3 from the field to go with his 11 rebounds. Yeah, to go with his 11 rebounds. And also, for the first time, I think this entire season, two players fouled out in the game for the Lakers. Mm -hmm. You lost Kevin Green. You lost uh, Jamal Achille to fouls. Um, And... Unfortunately, where they we hadn't really been relying on the bench, they had to late in this one, and it's not that it's not going to go well. I mean, they have really good bench players. Caleb Cook is really good. Joey Roback had been cold in the playoffs, but made a count. His made his four minutes count with the one with the one three, um, but it just wasn't enough. And unfortunately, Whitewater did move on. But there's so much to take from this team, and they're returning almost every single player except yep. for Devin Green. Yeah, even a player who, you, if you've been listening to this entire season, there's one person we haven't talked about at all. That's Julian Crittenden. Yep. If you remember from last year, he was into a part of their uh, deep run. Unfortunately, he missed the entire season due to injury. Yep. Um. Well, I've heard that he may be coming back again. Nothing's official. That could that could just be speculation. Um. We'll, we'll find out more next year, I guess. But. I've heard that there's a chance he's playing again next year, so and just slot him in for Devin Green in that starting rotation.
1: And if he does, I mean, that could be a redemption story.
0: Exactly, and then you got to think other players will step right step up next yep. year. I mean, we saw that, again. We, you mentioned that we saw the rise of a Key Anderson, hopefully taking that step to becoming even more of a lethal scorer for this team sure. on a night to night basis. Yep. Bowman will be back. He played excellent through the for almost the entire playoffs. Right. Joey Roback will be going into his junior season. Um, coming over as a transfer, hopefully he played. He played towards the end of the regular season. His playoffs were a little disappointing. Yep. Um, but hopefully he comes back with a spark. And then you got to think players like Josh Thigpen, who didn't really play this year. Mm-hmm. He's like a six four guard. Like he could play. He could be very interesting to see how Leon uses him next year.
1: Yeah, and, and it's going to be interesting how when you mentioned with Leon. It's going to be interesting to see if Leon is able to recruit a really. Big man, like a real yes. true big man, because yes. you have Jamal Akili I think Jamal Akili is is a senior, so I he, think he I
0: think he has eligibility. Though. He has I, eligibility, yes. So he
1: may be back next season. We'll see how that goes, but I know Devin Green's going to be what we know he is going to be graduating. Yes. So we'll see if Leon is able to find a big man because you know if you're able to find someone who's up in the six eight six nine. Yes, six t- like like, I know like seven foot that would be ideal because you have guys <laughs> around. But like, I don't know who uh, you can recruit there. That's all for Coach Leon. But yeah, I'm just looking at the play analysis. But yeah, having a big man would be really good um, for the play analysis. As we mentioned, Oswego wasn't really doing well when you look at like you know second chance points, eleven points. They had the same as Whitewater. They had eleven points off turnover. Whitewater only had eight, so they won in that category, and they won in most of the categories. The only category they didn't have was the points of the paint, where Whitewater just feasted, 40 points to Oswego's 28. I mean, getting those points down low, relying on your people inside to able to get those points. I mean, that's that's gonna win you ball games. That's gonna win you uh, win you games down the stretch, especially in an NCAA tournament. So. Yeah. yeah, it was it, it was a great season. Like an amazing season, I would say. The best season in programme history. Yeah. Exactly. And um, yeah, I think I think people are gonna start start to notice Oswego a little bit. I mean, they were able to host an NCA pod after yeah. you know, when they lost to Brockport earlier this season at home, it was kinda like, Oh, People were wavering a little bit. People were like, is this the same Oswego team? Is this mm-hmm. the team that can make a deep run, can host the Sunniacs, win the Sunniac title? <laughs> they, they put that to bed real quick. Uh, they went on, what was it, a 20, 23, 24, 20, 25 win streak, Something including like the that. playoffs? Yeah. I mean, just an overall great season. Creds to Coach Leone for just keeping these guys in line and keeping them humble. I mean, we've, we've talked to Devin Green. I talked to Achille after one of my calls on NYO, and they don't care about personal accolades. They care about one thing, and that's the most important thing is winning. Yeah, So,
0: and it's the best thing to care about exactly. when you play a team sport. Right. Um, and just a little nugget information. Um, if I'm assuming people listening to this are sports fans. They probably followed the Division One National Tournament March Madness, um Tobin Anderson head former head coach of the uh Frederick Dickinson Knights was a former co-assistant coach with coach Jason Leone at Clarkson back in the early 2000s in an ESPN article he even shouted him out not by name but he he mentioned in the article how he likes watching Division 2 and Division 3 games more than he likes watching professional or Division 1 games and he goes yeah my buddy coaches at Oswego State it's like we know who that is. That's exactly. Coach Jason Leon. Of course. Um, another thing i just been wondering, I, I want to ask Leon this. I wonder why he's still here. Like, I love that he's here. He is an amazing coach. He's an amazing person. I love talking to him. But you got to think, with all the success he's had – has he, I wonder if he's even just wondered about moving into Division Two or moving or to or an assistant Division One role or something right. to try, try to advance his career or something. But who knows? He's. But I'm happy he's here because he's an right. amazing coach, and I love having the success of his programs around what we're here.
1: Exactly, and I'm and I'm sure he's probably pondered that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna speak for him, but you know, there could be something with you know family too. Yeah. You know, it it may be convenient and more convenient to be here, and just really like, you know, it's not as I, I wouldn't say not as important, but for division one it's pretty much three sixty five. You need to Yeah. Agreed on, on attention for, you know, Division Three, you can, you know, recruit people, you're still, you know, doing practice and everything. And then he also, you know, he does have a um cutting down the Nets camp here yeah. for Oswego. So, you know, that may be really important to him. So yes, uh shout out to Coach Leon for just everything he does and you know he's he's told he's told us before he's listened to this podcast so we thank him for uh, so much so for much everything. for listening and we're we're going to be excited to interview for interview him for another year or talk yeah. to him for another year but yeah congratulations to the men's basketball team they had an amazing season the best season in program history lead eight, a lead eight appearance just a great overall season for the men's basketball team but we're going to transition that from winter sports to some spring sports here we go hello season is finally upon us in a blink of an eye brian yeah i remember it was just us talking we were starting like hockey starting to talk about basketball and then it's just like boom snapping your fingers we're out here for some spring sports and this is the first time here that we're talking about some spring sports on this podcast we are going to talk about throughout this uh you know, a couple more weeks of the semester. Men's lacrosse, women's lacrosse, softball, and baseball. So if anybody is interested, any athletes who want to listen in to our podcast for, you know, lacrosse and baseball and softball, any fans, come listen to the 104 Sports Report because we'll have all of the analysis from us two talking heads. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So... Men's lacrosse, they yeah. were able to defeat Utica and la- or a couple nights ago. Or I think it was la- yeah, last, yeah, yesterday, Yep, yeah. Wednesday. They were able to uh, beat uh, Utica eight to three. And Brian, I'll I'll give it to you because I feel like I'm running out of breath here. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's been a um, an up and down start to their season. they're two and two so far. They started off on a tough note, seven and nineteen to seven loss to Clarkson couple weeks ago come back beat morrisville state nine nine to seven uh lost to hartwick 6-12 and then as you mentioned the win last night 8-3 over utica and yeah it's been up and down so far i'm not sure exactly how much to expect from this team i haven't heard a lot of talk about them quite yet um but it was, I mean, eight, eight goals against Utica is pretty good. I know Utica is just a good school in general. It was two goals from Corey O'Connor, two goals from Max Broadman, and two goals from Trey Jones were the goal leaders. Two assists from Jack Delaney. He also grabbed a goal, so three-point night for him. And Gavin Elston also two goals. I know they also have a new head coach. I don't remember exactly his name. I will get that in... Just a second. Andrew Daly. Andrew Daly, yes. Brand new head coach this season. And good game from their goalkeeper, Aiden Kenyon, with only allowing three goals on 10 saves, playing the entire 60 minutes. So, like I said, up and down season so far for them. Um, I'm excited to see what's happening. They are going to start conference play in a minute. And we know the Suniak, just as a whole, is a tough conference to play in for any sport and so it'll be i'll be curious to see how things go that uh, they have a game saturday versus brockport uh which is their only game from this saturday through the through next week till next saturday yep. and i think brockport's a good team good team to start with they're okay they're not like i think they're, they're a good team i mean but as a, uh all time they're nine and 13 against uh the Golden Eagles, yep, and with third, <laughs> all currently on a three-game losing streak.
1: Yep, and just looking at last season, just to give the audience just something to, um, just a little nugget from last season. They were eight and six overall, three and four in conference. Um, they started their season March uh, first last season, and they rode out the end of the season on a four-game losing streak, and they were Ooh. all conference opponents. Um, yeah, tough. It was Geneseo, Oniana, and then they ended the season losing against SUNY Cortland and losing a one point against the Golden Eagles of Brockport. So, you know, some motivation now going into this season. I mean, we've mentioned before, um, with, and I know we mentioned with fall sports, more, more with fall sports um, than in winter sports that you get to the SUNYAC, it's like a whole different thing. You 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 mentioned it. Suniac is a very tough division or conference to play in. And it, it kind of shows for all these like turf sports and all these other sports that go in here it's that you know, once the Suniac comes there's a lot of other teams. Like I believe that, you know, our school we have a lot of talented talented teams, you know, with basketball, hockey, you know, we had volleyball this year coming up, we have yeah, you know, soccer and all of these sports, but you know, when you know hockey and basketball, when they take president and they're you know dominating Sunyac division or Suniac conferences, we mentioned before we're always expecting the other teams to do that as well. The thing is, a lot of schools who are you know in the you know they have the basketball and they have other things, they may have more accessibility in their in their services, and they also. They may focus on a couple more sports or are known for a couple more um, sports yeah, but... than Oswego is, but you know it, it's it's definitely something to look out for for this Oswego Lakers lacrosse team, and you know I'm I'm excited to see them. You know they. Yeah, me too. They um they beat Utica as we mentioned, and now they're going against some Suniak opponents. It's we'll see if the script is flipped this season for uh this Lakers team. Yeah.
0: I mean, just, yeah, in the four games so far, Gavin Elston, seven goals, leads the team, and with and a total of 10 points with uh, Corey O'Connor, five goals, two assists to his name yep. so far. Assist leader is Liam Sexton. He's got four assists. So it, you're seeing some people kind of rise up already being those leading players. As you mentioned, Aiden Kenyon, the goalie. Goal against average, 9.69 has made 46 saves, over 50% save percentage. I'm pretty sure in lacrosse is a good save percentage. I know in lacrosse it is a lot harder than in other sports to make yeah, saves. Right. So I'm pretty sure over 50% is actually a pretty good number. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I'm
1: excited to see where this men's lacrosse, lacrosse team goes from here. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just looking here. This lacrosse team's very young. I mm. mean, there's a lot of freshmen on this team. I'm just looking at the roster right now. And there's a lot of freshmen there's a lot of sophomores on this team that you know you you don't really you don't really see from um a lot of other sports there's a lot more upperclassmen juniors seniors there's a lot of freshmen i saw your eyes go up a little bit you you probably you probably just saw that yeah a lot of freshmen a lot of a lot of sophomores so a lot of young talent and that can be good because you can develop them over a couple years and see what you know you have a new head coach and daily and we got to see if he can turn this program around and hopefully get them to where they want to be in this in a SUNY a SUNYAC playoff there yeah but I
0: think it's enough from us so far about the men's team let's have a stay on the turf but we'll head over to the women's side of lacrosse where they've had a very good start to their season with Definitely. a five and two start and currently in a two game win streak Started again also for them a loss to Clark Clarkson was the start to their season, fifteen to eleven. Turned that right around with a twenty to five win just two days later versus SUNY Canton. A six five win over Utica followed and a twenty one to four win over Morrisville, a loss to St. John Fisher thirteen to six followed by a nineteen to four win over Grove City College and a fourteen to seven win. Over Nazareth just yesterday. That one was at home. They, just like the men's team, will start their Suniac schedule on Saturday with a game versus the New Paltz Hawks. And I can already tell you, it has been the Celia Wiley show huh. for this women's lacrosse team. Yep. 21 goals, 13 assists in her in the seven games. She is killing it. Not only her though, it is just. That four, that power four that they had last year, all returned. Yep. Isabella Lembo, 19 goals. Madison Davis, 15 goals. And Shea McConnell, 13. To add to that, you add Julia Cork stepping up with her 12 goals. Yep. It has been an excellent start to their season.
1: A great start to their season, as you mentioned. I mean, they have been on a roll. And, I mean, you mentioned Cela Wiley. I mean... Man, we've, we've said her name, you know, or, excuse me, we haven't said her name, but a lot of people last year, you know, with the uh, yeah. Rudman Valentino for Laker Connections, I remember they were, I, I believe they interviewed Selah Wiley on Laker Connections. So, you know, she's been very prominent for, you know, Oswego and this Oswego lacrosse team. And, um, yeah, as you mentioned, that big four, Shay McConnell, Isabella Lembo, and... You know, just, just a lot of, and Madison Davis, just a lot of talented uh, talented athletes on this team. And, and also something to mention, that uh, a name was very um, familiar to us, Lexi Levy on the lacrosse oh. Oh my team. Goodness. Yep, Lexi Levy Apparently she plays is lacrosse too. a two-way athlete for hockey and lacrosse. So, you know, shout, know out, that. shout out to Lexi Levy for... Um, being a two-way athlete, yeah. There we go. How about that? Um. So, yeah, it's been a and for this Oswego lacrosse team. I mean, as you mentioned, or you know, they are more experienced. I would say they mm-hmm. have jun- they have more juniors, they have more seniors, they have a lot more people who um who they can rely on. For the men's team is kind of more like, let's figure it out. New head coach. Let's try to figure this out, which can be just a little feeling out period, have some new names in there. But for this women's lacrosse team, you you mentioned Lembo, Davis, McConnell, Wiley. I mean, that's going to be your big four, and that's going to be the ones who um, are going to lead you into battle. And hopefully, hopefully they'll be able to lead them into a... uh, Possible Sunyac Championship. Hopeful. Yeah, let's
0: hopeful. I mean, yeah. let's just hope Sunyac playoffs first. Exactly. So let's hope, let's yeah. get a good seat in the Sunyac playoffs. Yep. But just I mean, looking at the individual leaders so far for women's lacrosse in the Sunyac, Cila Wiley fourth in goals with her twenty-one. Limbo, and right behind her in fifth assists. Madison Davis, Cila Wiley, the top two, 16 and thirteen, and in points, Cila Wiley and Madison Davis third and fourth, thirty-four and thirty-one, and then Cila Wiley leads the entire conference in shots with fifty-four. Yep. And then you know, not only her. Madison, or Sarah Kamide, the goalie, having an excellent start. She's third in saves. She's got forty-one. Her save percentage at fifty-five is number one in the Suniac. Uh, her goals against average is fifth. Or her goals against, sorry, is fifth with thirty-three, and the goals against average is second with a six-point-five-one. Yep. So, just as a team, some highs in the Suniac right now.
1: Right. And uh, Wiley and Lembo both had four goals in their last matchup against Nazareth. Mm-hmm. And you, you saw Shay McConnell, Julia Quirk. Shay McConnell had three, Quirk had two, and Kate McNally had one. And, I mean, you, you know, you're, you're relying on those players that are needed. I mean, it, and then looking over for Nazareth, wasn't really much, except Emma States, who had four goals, who matched uh, Wiley and Lembo. But that was the only bright spot for Nazareth. And being able to take that 14-7 win really really impressive against a you know some uh, I an opponent that has been you know around for a lot of these teams for Oswego who yeah. you know they have like for hockey, there's for basketball it's kind of just like you know they're always that like Nazareth's always that team that can really give you a competitive uh, game so. Yeah. well that was actually their first uh, ever yeah, win the, against a exactly.
0: first program win they Er, on that, I reported that on Sports Anchor. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, uh, second, first.
1: It it was history says second. It was um their first win since April of 1995. Yes. So in five
0: five games all the time, they've only beat they beat them twice. Yep. And the last year they played, they lost, and they hadn't played before that since 1999. Yeah. Just interesting, interesting
1: little fact nuggets for you. Yep. Of course. But we will. We will transfer over to lacrosse and we're going to go to softball. Before that, we're going to talk about, um, we're going to give you a promotion for the Oswegonian as the Oswegonian is is the independent student-run newspaper of SUNY Oswego. Every Friday during the semester, the writers and staff release a weekly edition of the paper. Each edition contains the latest news, sports, reviews, and opinions from the writers of the Oswegonian. Check out each story online on the Oswegonian website.
0: So, moving over to the Diamonds now as we talk softball and for them it has been a rough start to their season. They are 3-8 and one. They started with two two quick wins followed by a one, two, three, 4 5 6 7 8 9 game losing streak. Finally beat it, broke it with a win versus RIT followed by a tie on a doubleheader game. Um, but it's a tough start to their year I know it was a rough they had a rough year last year and I know they had a lot of uh, things happen in their off season that were um, kind of weird yeah. not things I'm not sure I can quite mention on the podcast right but something that a player told me that I know and yeah it just kind of tough start for them uh, they have a couple more games for fit before they reach Suniac play. A doubleheader versus Houghton coming up Tuesday, March 28th. A doubleheader versus Hamilton before they finally get to a doubleheader with Plattsburgh State
1: Friday, April
0: 7th as the SUNYAC opening.
1: Right. And something to note to the audience is that this Oswego Lakers softball team hasn't played any games at home yet. No. They have all played neutral games and away games. Um, they're 2-8 and eight in neutral games, 1-0-1 oh, at away games. And, I mean, they, they just haven't been able to... Uh, in the one away game they had was the doubleheader against RIT, which was yesterday, as they won 6-5, and then they tied 0-0. Zero, zero. So all the offense was used in that first game. That next game, nothing was going for either team. And, you know, now they're able to go and... Finally, get a home game uh, next next Tuesday Mm -hmm. against Houghton, and we'll have to and we'll have to see for um, you know you got Fiona Higgins, who had a win against RIT yesterday. She you know pitched a nine strikeout game. I mean she's been one of the big catalysts for this Oswego team for continuing to be continuing to be yes. Um, And you're just looking at I'm just looking at this team right now. Um, you got Chelsea Sellers. Um, you got um, Madison Hoflich. She's she's a senior and she's leading an uh, average right now. Yes. At four twenty-five, and then you got Madison Finney at four fourteen, Ellie Mahoney at three twenty, and Christina Cania. Mm-hmm. If I'm saying that right, th- at three fourteen. So you know they they're a pretty good hitting team. Yeah. It's just we'll have to see if they can well at home you know and try to you know there's a lot of double headers double headers can take a lot out of people you know so well they have three they now four five they have all these double headers yeah i'm looking at all of them and they don't have just a single game at all this season i guess that's how the schedule works i'm a little uh (laughs) my bad there I, i just saw so many double headers i'm just like oh so yeah, each team that they face, they are going to have to face them twice.
0: Yeah, it's it's a lot to play, but I think as softball players, they're probably used to it by now. Doubleheaders right. on a weekly basis. Um, you mentioned Fiona Higgins. Not only is she having a decent start to her year on the mound, taking 263 with 10 hits, three of them doubles and a single home run, six RBIs, is tied for the team lead with Samantha Morgan, who has. Two home runs so far which doesn't sound like a lot but i know in softball it's a lot harder to hit a home run than it is in baseball just the way how like how everything works in softball a bigger ball is a lot heavier doesn't travel as far right. uh and the pitch speeds aren't as fast so it's harder like harder to get the ball to travel yeah. uh so two home runs for samantha morgan is a really good start to her season um but it's they're gonna have to turn things around mm-hmm. um hopefully I'm hoping they stacked their non-conference schedule a little bit. I, I have no clue. I don't know softball teams as well as I know other sports about how well certain schools are. Yep. Uh, but it. I'm a, I'm hoping that they play well. I like covering good teams, but um, cover them nonetheless. Exactly. Uh, and we'll send them our support every single game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and we'll move over to from softball to baseball, as the baseball team has struggled a little bit mm. so far. Um, they've lost two straight, and before that, they were on a four-game winning streak, and then before that, they won their first game 5-2. to two. And then one, two, three, four, five, six. six game losing streak after that. So they've had a roller coaster of a start yes. for um, Oswego. They haven't played a home game as well. Their first home game won't be until March 29th next Wednesday against SUNY Cobleskill at a Laker baseball field over at the athletic fields. And. You know, for this Oswego team, they lost Ryan Enos. Yes. He was a senior last year. He was just on fire. Yeah. I mean, he, he was just <clears throat> raking last year on from the plate. And now for Oswego, they have to have more guys step up. they in Parliament at 341. Yeah. You were you saying, Brad? I was
0: like, not only did they lose Enos, they lost Paul Tomorrow, the shortstop. So they lost their middle infield duo that was actually insane and... Also, Kyle Loria, who, yep. their center fielder who was also just those those three bats were like three of their top four hitters in their lineup, and they set the tone every single game. It was yep. so hard to get through in the first inning. Uh, they had to find the new players that are going to take over. But, yeah, anyways, continue.
1: Yeah, and um, there was a couple uh, couple players who decided to be um, take a fifth year as a grad student. Uh, CJ, CJ McCartney or McCarthy, the outfielder. Um, mm-hmm. You have uh, Anthony good Van year. Fossen, uh, the pitcher. Good. He was really good. And Tim uh, Shinto. He was. Uh, he is an outfielder and local yeah. guy Just from from Clay, New York. Not yep. not too far. Local exactly. guy. Exactly. And then Kieran Finnegan. Uh He he uh, decided to come back for a fifth year as well. So. A lot, of, uh, a lot of grad students on this team just getting more, you know, having that experience, giving it to the young guys, just really bolstering up this Oswego baseball team.
0: Yeah. I think one thing that's interesting, I think that for all sports, just because of the time we live in, with the COVID year, every, I'm pretty sure every single collegiate athlete that was on a roster when COVID happened got an extra year of eligibility. Yep. Uh, so we're seeing that a lot. I mean, you're seeing it with almost every single team that – there are graduate students, fifth year players, they're just like, oh wait, why are there so many grad students? That doesn't happen that a lot, especially in division three because right. of that COVID year. And for the Oswego baseball team, they are taking advantage of it. They really they did luckily get to bring back some of their players. They didn't lose every single like player that played a significant time for them last year. Kieran Finnegan, you meant you mentioned, already having an excellent start to his season in four starts, he's a 1.93 ERA in twenty-three innings excellent start for him 27 strikeouts to go with and it has just been like a really good start his year um on the at the plate Jelani Hammer uh having a good start 273 average two doubles two triples a home run eight RBIs and Tashaun Featherstone was a guy that off the bench last year was playing had was making some making some noise uh 227 not too not too hot to start but I know that it's popping his bat, and I'm excited to see. He's only a sophomore to see how his season progresses, and hopefully he might make a tweak or two to really get that power to pop.
1: Right. And um, something something just to note, if uh, Devin Campbell is listening, Devin Campbell <laughs> was a Dutchman mm. last season. He is from Gilderland, New York, so right in the 508 where I am from. So... Devin Campbell, I'll be rooting for you this year. Uh, roll Dutch, man. Roll Dutch. So, yeah, just a little little uh, nugget there for the 518 people. If anybody from the 518 is listening, Devin Campbell from Guilderland.
0: Nice. Little, I love that. little yeah. home stories. That's one of the One of the few things that I don't get being so far away from home is that n- nobody, like yeah. barely, there are very few people from Massachusetts, and there are even less people from my area of Massachusetts yeah. that I knew who they are. Right. So... Um, but I think that'll do it for us here on this episode of the 104 Sports Report. Just kind of a, a quick overview of what's happened so far in the spring sports seasons and expect even more analysis, even more updates as these weeks go on. I don't think we're going to miss an episode from here on out. There are no more breaks for us, which is unfortunate because I like having school breaks. Yeah, but, of um, we should have weekly episodes from here on out and these, bas- and these teams look really good and they're really promising so i'm really hoping we'll also have playoffs to cover this year for these spring sports
1: definitely and thank you guys for listening every week um as brian mentioned um just to reiterate we're we're not going to miss an episode um through through on out unless you know something catastrophic happens hopefully not um so yeah that's going to do it for episode seven of season six of the 104 sports sport Uh, As I mentioned before, thank you guys for listening, and have a great rest of your week. See ya!